Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Training changes when you see what that's like. It's one thing to watch it on TV, but when you physically go and you see what goes into preparing for the finals behind the scenes, how they prepare the practices, the media attention as a basketball player, being in the finals and being able to play in the finals, it's a feeling that you have to, like, I have to attain that, like, I have to have that. People don't want to believe it, but the more money you have, the more problems you have. You have the most media attention possible on your team, on your franchise, 24-7 cameras in the practice facility, cameras at the arena, pregame, and then we have to be available all the time to the media. Imagine having to do all those things, but having problems you're dealing with on the inside, and then the pressure to perform. If I would have had these tools, these resources as a 12-year-old, think about like how much damage you could be doing now, you know, at 30, at 25, at 35, if you would have had the, the proper resources and then the proper knowledge to understand like, this is what I'm going through, this is how I improve upon it, this is how I live a, a healthier life. Right now you're listening to episode number 72. I am currently in Europe enjoying some vacation time with my fiance as I prepare for another season. This is the time where I kind of revamp, refresh, re-energize, and get ready to turn up throughout September as we transition towards training camp. This is a reminder that we'll have no show next week, but there's other shows you can go back and listen to. Be sure to go back and check them out. We have some great episodes, whether that be Woj, Gary Vee, RJ Hampton, Playoff Action, and so much wine for you guys to catch up on with great bargains and great prices. $50 and less, above $50, above $25, below $25, and so on and so forth. For today's episode, we want to bring you part two of our conversation with Kevin Love. Last week, Jordan and I got the chance to sit down with him in person at the studio, the Cadence 13 studio in New York, and we talked about his career, meditation, wine, and so much more. If you haven't listened to the first part of the interview, make sure you go to last week's episode and check it out. Okay, without further ado, here is part two of our interview with K-Love. Two things I have to say. Double barrel. Double barrel. Two things. One, Oregon will love you forever, and you're always welcome back anytime. Just wanted, just wanted to put that on the By the way. On the record. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you're welcome anytime. And two, before, before Jordan goes to his question, you said that you listened to your dad basically historically throughout your life. From my childhood, From yeah. your childhood. yeah. When it, come, when it came to making the decision to go to college, how much input did he give uh, throughout the process? Or did he kind of step back and say, you know what, do what you want to do? A little bit of both. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I had taken my visit to Carolina. I came down to Carolina and UCLA and, you know, just, and University of Oregon uh, was right up there. I think Washington and maybe Kansas were up there too. Um, but it really came down to those final two of UNC and, and, and UCLA. And I just felt like they had, you know, a really formidable team. They went to two straight Final Fours at the time. 
Uh, we ended up going to a, a third and lost to Memphis. But I just, uh, my dad's high school coach was, was Jim Herrick, his assistant high school coach at Morningside High School in Inglewood. And, you know, they grew up playing against each other, you know, obviously coached him. And then he ended up uh, later on in life becoming the coach. And they, they uh, won in UCLA in 95, yeah. exactly. Uh, the O'Bannon brothers, Tyus Edney, those guys. So he... I think that was always kind of imprinted in my mind. I grew up going to Oregon football games, Oregon basketball games, and especially every time UCLA came to town or if we were in Los Angeles seeing, you know, all of my family, all of my family uh, outside of really my, uh, you know, family that lives back, my immediate family in Portland is from SoCal. So it just, it had a feeling of, you know, family on top of, you know, so much, uh, you know, UCLA basketball was not only at its peak, but it just had that tradition of of excellence and and you know John Wooden and everything that came with that. It was just it just felt like the right place. So I was, yeah, I kind of got in in that direction. But at the end of the day, I feel like I had my mind pretty much made up. I was curious with uh, with playing with with Russ. Um, at what point did you realize how special he was, and then? When did you realize? <laughs> yeah, I'm just. No, it's. I laugh because it was right away. It was fun. The first I had my tops backpack from the McDonald's All American mm. High School game, and then I think like some size 18 Jordan threes, and I, you know, had some, you know, three or four XL shorts, and uh, uh, you know, I was wearing a, a sweater and layers because I was like, I have to cover up how big I am when, <laughs> I, when I first got to campus, wow. and it was like two years after. Yeah. I mean, two years, two weeks after. I graduated from Lake Oswego High School, um, you know, and the first thing he did was he was he made fun of my backpack, made fun of my shoes. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be friends with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that was when the runs at, and they've they've come back around. The runs at the, the UCLA old, old, men's yeah, gym, men's exactly. Gym. It, it's it's become mm-hmm. yeah great uh, again. But at that time, it was you were getting. Uh, 25 pros and, and you had three courts you would get mm-hmm. so they'd kind of mix them in and out and then you'd get five guys from they would let UCLA play all the time because mm-hmm. it was our campus and I remember being on the team it was like uh, you know it'd be Russ Josh Ship, Josh Ship, uh, Darren Collison Luke Mbamute uh, you know kind of in myself and we'd go out there and I remember Russ he we were playing against you know like a team with Baron Davis and KG and 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 Jordan Farmar and you know a number of pros and I remember that our first game Russ went up and got a rebound and I only knew Russ for he had, the year before I think it was in like the Elite Eight he played eight minutes against Kansas yeah. and had a couple big you know I just knew him from you know just visiting barely knew him and he goes up and grabs a rebound and then off his vert he goes back down and just I'm not talking about just a regular old dunk it was like a Russ dunk. <laughs> And there was so much anger in it. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the league. And I was like, okay. And they asked me, cause I was, you know, I was on national player of the year in high school. And they asked me like, who, who's one guy in college or, or coming out of your high school class or somebody you've seen that is going to be, uh, you know, a real sleeper. I go, without question, it's this guy, Russell Westbrook, like watch him, wow. watch him. And they were like, really Russell Westbrook? I said, yes, he's going to be special. He's going to be special, and I'll never, I'll never live that down. Because I'm like, yeah, I called it, but he, I remember <laughs> well, he first, wasn't a huge recruit. No, so. he wasn't. He wasn't. I think he had. I think he was going to end up going to Creighton. Yeah, um, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, I think he got the offer because Jordan, yeah, Jordan Farmer went, he went pro, pro. Think, or yeah. or yeah, yeah, because he was with Aaron. He roomed with Aaron Afalo the the year before. 
uh, on the road. And I think Jordan went pro and then uh, Kerry Keening, who went on to, to coach elsewhere, was the assistant coach. He was actually there when I, I committed and he was like, we have a scholarship for you. And Russ ended up taking it and, and you know, the rest is history. You were saying, I remember the first, was it practice? You were going to say something, I cut you off. No, that oh. was, uh, no, I'm just talking about the, uh, oh. that first time in the gym. I, I just knew that this, there's something special about this, this kid and he's relentless. Every time I thought, you know, I said, do my work early and I was early to the gym or I stayed late. He always was earlier and stayed later. I'm like, this kid, I'm like, what is going on? He wanted it. Uh, he just wanted it. He wanted it so bad. And you could tell uh, from his father as well and his bad, he just wanted it so bad. And that's, you know, that's how Russ is so impressive because he'll play 82 games and every night he goes out and performs. There's there's very few people that can do that. He has a special, special ability to to, to get himself energized for yeah. games. Because it's, it's hard. Incredible. Some games, you yeah. can feel yourself going through the motions. Even if it's three to five games a season. But, I mean, to, to average a, a triple-double two years in a row, I mean, that, that, there's some things that you say, oh, will never be done again. I don't know if that will ever be done again. I'm curious, what's the – how many games of the 82 do you actually feel great? 12, 15? Beginning of the season, for Beginning sure. Beginning of the season. Yeah. Post-All-Star break. Yep. That's about it. So 15 games, maybe. I mean, probably more than that. I mean, your body, everybody's body's different and yeah. your lifestyle dictates how you feel, what you eat, how much you sleep. But both of you are doing it the right Talk way. Talking about guys who get eight, eight, seven to nine hours of sleep. Yeah. You got yeah. guys who playing on four hours, five hours, and yeah. who knows what, <laughs> who knows what. So they probably feel not, not as excited about every game. But I think the better care you take of yourself, like when you figure out, like he knows what he can eat to feel good for a game. I know when New Year's comes and I have that cheat meal the night before the game, I know I need to get to the steam room early, make sure I get really hydrated because I'm going to be out. I'm going to be drinking some pasta, drinking some pasta. I'm going to be eating some pasta and having some wine and mm-hmm. maybe some Dom with that meal. So you have to, <laughs> so you have to kind of tighten up and kind of figure that out, but minimize those events so that you feel right. as fresh as yeah. possible. And, then, yeah. and does the playoff adrenaline play a factor in terms of how you yes. feel, or does it matter? At uh, least for me, I mean, it's it it definitely alleviates some of the uh, you know whatever is ailing you in that in that moment because you're you're battling injuries not only throughout the season, like even uh, small injuries um, or day to day stuff, but during the playoffs, those can become more acute and you feel them a lot more. But once that energy comes back around. And, you know, we would play Phil Collins in the air tonight in the finals. I'd be like, my body hurts so bad. And then you hear the, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> I'd just be like, I'm good. Let's yeah. go. I'm ready to roll. It's true. No, it's, it's, you get excited for that stuff. And I've been fortunate enough to, to play in the playoffs for six years, but never make it to the finals. But I've covered the finals because I was like, look, I need to see what this is like. Yeah. And training changes when you see what that's like. It's one thing to watch it on TV, but when you physically go, and you see what goes into preparing for the finals behind the scenes, how they prepare the practices, the media attention. There's nothing better than that. I mean, the Super Bowl is great and all those things are great. But as a basketball player, being in the finals and being able to play in the finals, it's a feeling that you have to, like, I have to attain that. Like, I have to have that. Yeah. Like, I won't f- feel fulfilled if I don't it's a drug. To accomplish, accomplish that. It is. Watching. Second I time understand. I've heard you say that. It's, it's, it really is that. No, it's the yeah, second time I was. Yeah, it's, it really it's is. Real, it's that, it's that I was high. excited and I wasn't even playing. Like, I only imagined. I was. Yeah. I literally sat center court. I was like, I want to sit. You I, felt the. I don't want to sit in the suite. No, I want to sit center court with the fans. I want to experience this. And like, you felt oh, that man. adrenaline. Well, I was ready to go out there and hoop in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would have loved to have you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We don't want to keep you too much longer, but there's a couple of topics we have to hit um, before we let you go. Uh, first things first, some stuff that you're doing off the court, and then mm-hmm. we'll go into the mental health. But some stuff that you're doing off the court, I have to ask you about the Kevin Love Fund, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And then secondly, K-Love will be hosting an event next week, August 19th at UCLA. It'll be a panel discussing a partnership with UCLA Psychology and Jeff and Playhouse as a way of giving back to students. So K-Love's doing a lot of great stuff off the court. We just want to briefly touch on some of the stuff you're doing off the court, um, not just for mental health and awareness, but actually impacting, speaking to students, kind of sharing your story, your testimony, and figuring out ways to kind of improve the stigma that's surrounding mental health. Yeah, there is such a stigma. I think, um, you know, the the biggest thing that I've learned or a number of things that I've learned have all been centered around how vast of a community there is. I mean, I... When I had written my article, excuse me, in the Players' Tribune, it was, you know, titled Everybody's Going Through Something. And it's it's so true, whether it's at arm distance or or yourself in the first person, like at some point there's going to be something that you already have uh, or deal with internally, which is what I had, you know, a chemical imbalance or or externally. For example, everybody deals with grievances or loss at some point in their life. So... Um, no, there is such a stigma behind it that, especially with young men or men in general at any, any demographic, uh, it being, uh, uh, you know, you're looked at as weak. You're looked at as, as someone who can't be trusted. I think early on, I didn't want anybody to know about it. And even my, my closest friends weren't even that in tune to what I was going through from an anxiety and depression, uh, uh, idea early on. Um, and so I hit it. I, I came from a, fa- you know, a father that was born in 1949 who had a, a dad who was pretty, you know, hard and rugged himself, who, um, you know, was just came from that area era where you just suppress it. You have your playbook, you don't talk about it. So it's just changing the conversation, knowing that there's a vast community, that everybody is not alone. It doesn't matter about race, uh, you know, gender, uh, you know, sexual preference, socioeconomic status, status, so on and so forth. It, it's it's something that that really transcends, and there isn't a one size fits all model. But yeah, I started my fund um, after my 30th birthday, September 12th, I believe. We we announced the fund, and it's just to inspire people to live their healthiest lives while you know providing tools for their physical and emotional well being. But I think it's now we really found we t- talk about. Uh, meditation. We've strategically partnered with Headspace, who's in Santa Monica, and we've uh, you know gifted 
and created like meditation and, and silence rooms at, at UCLA for UCLA athletics, as well as their student athletes to uh, have yearly subscriptions as well as their, uh, their coaches and uh, the Just Keep Living Foundation, which is, or living, there's not a G on it because when you're Matthew McConaughey, you don't use a G, but it's just, that's also inspiring, uh, you know, very healthy living. Uh, there's Bring Change to Mind, who I've worked with as well. And that's just, uh, you know, kind of explains itself, just bringing that, that change and, and bringing that, that, that different mental attitude towards a lot of these things that we're alluding to. And, uh, and EIF as well, who's just, you know, the best partner uh, out in LA. And they've worked with so many, so many people in, in, you know, really promoting their funds and trying to, you know, elicit and create change in this world. But yeah, all that centers around uh, physical and, and emotional health. I'm curious, Kevin, what gave you the courage to come out in Players' Tribune? I know that you had a long conversation, I think it was with Jeff, about yeah. do you really want to go through with <clears throat> yeah. this? And then once you had the article published, um, what was the type of reaction that you got from your peers? Well, a lot, of, a lot. I mean, it was like, you know, really since I know uh, when I realized what was going on with me at an early age, I, I didn't understand it. Like I would, I would, I always had somewhere to go when I, I, I felt these either, you know, attacks or, uh, or I got overwhelmed mm -hmm. and I'd go and have a rage fit. Like I was a very destructive kid because I didn't know why I was feeling like this. And then, you know, I was on one end of the spectrum. I would, you know, outside of going to school or occasionally being with a friend or playing basketball. Basketball is always my escape. Uh, you know, I'd lock myself in my room and, you know, just, just bury myself in there. And then, uh, you know, I had this crazy anxiety, this feeling that I, I've just changed my relationship with. But even to this day, like I feel it right now, it just lives in the pit of my stomach. It's like constantly swimming upstream. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's the only, and like wearing a, like a weighted vest, if you will. It's it's just something that that I live with. I, I feel like a number of people live with something similar, and a lot of things led up to that conversation with Jeff. But the last straw was um, just it was a perfect storm. But the last straw was I remember getting to All Star last year in uh, not this past year, the year before, 2017 uh, in LA in Parkland, Florida had just happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was that same week. Yeah. So I'm considering like, what are these, what's that kid going through? How does it even get to that point? Gun violence, how that affects everybody mentally, uh, all the kids at the school, that community as a nation, like it's just everybody. And how the people view America and outside of America, what's, what's, you know, what's the deal there? Because it does transcend. So I, I, it was that as well as me having the attack, the panic attack, uh, and being looked at by a particular teammate or teammates and them starting to talk about it. Uh, and in a negative light gotcha. and not, I mean, I'm not to be trusted, I, you know, like he has these problems. Uh, I thought to myself, okay, if this is happening and people are starting to talk behind the scenes and to the media about this kind of thing, like I have to get out in front of it and, and tell my own story. So it was kind of out of, uh, you know, me wanting to, to not live in the shadows anymore and not having to suppress it and bury it. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm just going to play all my cards and this is, this is it. This is right. what you get. Um, and not to be ashamed of it. And maybe it'll help that next kid. And that was the conversation I had with Jeff. He's like, everybody is going to pick this up. I was like, you know, maybe. I, I don't know if I see it the same way you do, but he goes, no, you're, a lot of people are going to pick this up and everybody's going to see this and know what you're dealing with. Are you sure you want to do this? To so be that vulnerable. Yeah, to be yeah. that vulnerable. And I said, you know, I'm just, I feel like, uh, 
not only I have to, but I want to. Um, and he's like, okay, I get it. If you just change that that one kid's life, wherever it may be, he's like, I, I get it. I said, exactly. Like that's that's, it's not only going to be you know therapeutic for myself, but it's going to you know knock down the doors or get somebody's foot in the door like Demar did for me to be able to express, you know, kind of what I've been dealing with, uh, you know, in my life. So I pressed send and. You know, the, the community was just, it just boomed. It was universally pretty much well-received. And, uh, you know, another thing that I learned was, because I'm like, why are people going to empathize with me? Uh, being an athlete and being well-paid and, you know, look, you know, looking like we're invincible, like mm. we're superhuman. And uh, I learned that, you know, with success, you know, it doesn't mean that you're immune to depression. And I think in, uh, you know, whether it's, Kate Spade or Anthony Bourdain, those are those are uh, you know a couple of examples that I use. People that seemingly had it all. Robin Williams, same thing. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Like those are people that you know you think would have have everything, but they're living with uh, you know certain as in you know within the their mind or maybe even their body that they were dealing with that that was really affecting them and, and killing them, and they were super successful. What was your reaction, see Do you remember? When you when you read Kevin's piece, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved the story. I think the the most important part of it was that he was genuine. He came from the heart, and what people don't understand is that you try to explain to them like, yo, my life's great. I got a lot of things going on well, but there's still problems. Yeah. And a lot of times, people don't want to believe it, but the more money you have, the more problems you have. Mm-hmm. The access, obviously, like you said before, he has anxiety. He has problems with being out in public at times. You know, yeah. historically. Always and feel isolated. Feeling right. isolated, but yeah. you have to play in front of 20,000 people live, millions of people on TV. And then you go to the Cavs, which is the Cavs in the era of LeBron, which yeah. means yep. you have the most media attention possible on your team, on your franchise. 24-7 cameras in the practice facility, cameras at the <laughs> arena, pregame. And then we have to be available all the time to the media, pregame, postgame, and I'm a media member, so I get it. But imagine having to do all those things, but having problems you're dealing with on the inside. And then the pressure to perform is a whole different type of pressure. So for him to be able to come out and kind of explain, like, this is what I've been going through. I know there's other people that are going through similar things, not just in my career, because there's other players that are going through the same thing that just didn't say anything. And some players are probably still going through it, but now trying to find help through some of the programs the NBA is offering, some of the programs they may hear about, or just hiring a therapist on the side to kind of deal with it. But I think the fact that he shared it impacts not only a kid's life, but there's grown women and men out here in in the real world working. I say the real world because I'm talking about nine to fives, the office Mm -hmm. that may have had to leave the office, that may have had to just pull over the car on the side of the road on the way back from work and kind of break down because they're going through something now that they can kind of kind of realize and see that this is this is normal. It's okay. And there's ways to deal with it. Not that they feel like, oh, it's just me. There's no one else going through this. There's something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. This is normal. People go through things all the time. There's ways around it and ways that we can kind of fix it and move on. But I think the fact that someone like him uh, spoke up about it, 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 mean, it means that more people will be comfortable with sharing their feelings, what they're going through, and kind of create a bigger community because no one wants to feel like an outcast. Yep. People hate feeling like it's just them. It's just me. No, understand that there's a lot of people that are feeling the same things and 
one of the things we talked about in the shop was I was like, look, I'm looking for a therapist and I've been looking for one for my fiance and I because there's a lot of stuff that you want to talk about that you don't feel comfortable talking to a family member about. You want an, mm-hmm. an honest opinion from a professional because maybe it's grief, maybe it's time management, maybe it's how do I balance my relationships. But being able to bounce things off so that you feel more comfortable performing in your day-to-day life is huge because we play this this game for a living that's a, a small part, part of our career, but a big part of our life. You play till 35, 36, 37, if you're lucky. And then you got from 37 to 100 to live the rest of your life. And if you don't tighten up and kind of solve those problems now, the rest of your life can be a, a terrible nightmare. Yeah, I understand. I I haven't talked about this a lot. CJ, you and I have talked about it a little bit. But um, Kevin, when you, I just want to say, when you um, published that article, it for me, it was uh, cathartic. I've read it probably 20 times, but for me, it allowed myself because I, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I could relate to you in a way. It, it was helpful for me. It has been. Um, and for me, my biggest issue has always been, you know, trying to escape the shadow of my father. Mm-hmm. And that's why I moved 3,000 miles away. You know, I wanted to get as far away as possible. And it's been this, like, massive monkey on my back for, for so long. And it's created tremendous anxiety for me. And that piece that Kevin wrote, when an athlete came, I, for some reason, I related to it more than, and it's been very helpful for me. And, um, you know, obviously, you don't have the same stress levels of you guys in terms of the performance, but. Um, it's all relative, yeah. though. I mean, it's all, that's why I say it's not a one-size-fits-all model. And it's everybody deals with stress, anxiety, depression, any anything mental health related. That's why I keep finding in in different ways. And so it's it's finding, like I said with my fund, it's finding and providing tools that are accessible, not just for for guys that are fortunate enough like everybody sitting in this room, but for the everyday person who who you know is either a blue collar worker or is going from their day to day just trying to put food on the table because. You know, it's not only dealing with them and making them a better person, but it could also provide uh, a sense of making other people in their life, uh, their lives better. So it's it it's just finding ways, and that's what we're trying. What I'm at least trying to do is, is provide that, and whatever that may be. I think it's going to be a number of things, but really pinpointing how. Uh, I can affect the masses and, and, and in some ways the the next generation as well. So uh, the youth and the younger the younger groups of uh, of kids throughout uh, you know not only the USA but maybe it extends beyond that. So I haven't really put a put a limit um, you know on how big you know this could be or with other groups and, and partnering with them how big and how much of an effect it could have. It's wonderful. No, that's awesome. And offline, we'll, we'll kind of talk. I want to figure out how I can be involved and kind of help out you know, with the fund, not only from a financial standpoint, but from... Well, you got that covered. Being, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely financially contribute. But <laughs> no, being, no. Being, no, I'm serious. <laughs> but being involved, like physically being involved as well, because I've seen the impact. You, you talked about Headspace. I um, I introduced Headspace to some of the dream centers I have with the Boys and Girls Clubs. And we actually did a, a, a guided meditation session in 2016 with some of the kids, boys and girls from the uh, from the Boys and Girls Club. Just kind of starting early because if I would have had these traits, these tools, these resources as a, as a 12-year-old, think about like how much damage you could be doing now, you know, at 30, at 25, at yep. 35, if you would have had the, the proper resources and then the proper knowledge to understand like 
this is what I'm going through. This is how I improve upon it. This is how I live a, a healthier way, a healthier life. And I think it was great. And I use I use Headspace even to this day. And this isn't a paid ad. I actually use them <laughs> and I pay for the subscription. But um, I think there's some some ways that maybe we could share tips to people that are listening out there who want to be involved and maybe start three minutes, five minutes. Um, you talked about doing meditation. Do you do it on your own in the mornings? Are you I do. Guided? And you mentioned like three minutes. For me, sometimes it's even just six breaths. In the morning, I'm like, okay, why am I, you know, I'm waking up feeling this way. This is before. I'm, I'm somebody who, I know there's also a stigma around medication, but medication has really changed my life. Like, I don't, I know that people are like, oh, you know, it's either, you know, addicting or you can't live with that or something that you have to rely on all the time. But it really has, not only in my body, I always talk about body and mind, but just like even almost in my way of thinking and how I feel on a daily basis. So that's helped. Uh, uh, I mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy, and over time, the data shows now that that um, uh, CBT can actually uh, be more effective than uh, you know dosages and, and affecting that chemical imbalance or or whatever you're feeling in that time with medication. It's 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 definitely I'm getting back to the meditation, like either taking the six deep breaths, or I have one uh, that I use, which is managing anxiety, but it's like a 20 step deal. And then you go to the next and you just kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of incentivized to, to move on. And then, you know, it's always exercising, it's basketball, it's uh, even talking to friends or somebody that's a uh, step removed. There's a number of different ways to, to deal with it. But yeah, meditation has been something that I've tried to introduce and I try to do it. It's not an everyday thing. I'm trying to make it an everyday thing and make it, make it, you know, be religious about it. But it's probably uh, at the very least two times a week, but I try to get up to four. So it's, it's, it's just assessing what my, it's like during the season, assessing what your body needs in that time and, and, and going from there. I mean, we mentioned sleep earlier yeah. is huge, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the, uh, a luxury that I've had has been able to understand and listen to my body, but that's something that I've had to learn over time. Hope that answers that question. No, that, that yeah, really I mean, answer. I'm, yeah, it's just I think, it's all over the place. I think some people don't understand, like when they say I meditate or I practice meditation. I don't think they all always understand what that entails. Well, like, they look at you like you have a tail too. They're like, oh, he's that guy. Like he's in his room. Like yeah. doors are closed. Right. He's got his legs crossed and he's down on the carpet. Like you don't have to do no. that. It could, it could be as little as six breaths, three deep breaths. Yep. And one of the things I've worked on with my fiance and with my brother is. You know, I try to do 10 seconds, 10 second deep breaths and like slow, deliberate breaths. Yep. And I, I found out me personally that it helps me during the games because now I can, can kind of control my heart rate. Like people talk about like I play I play a lot of minutes. I do a lot of stuff in my in my spare time and being able to lower my heart rate in an instant is, is important, especially you go to the free throw line. I miss a lot of free throws anyway, but it's able to kind of like get me more relaxed. You know what I mean? Because as you said before, your adrenaline gets pumping and it could be an ESPN game, it could be a TNT mm -hmm. game, it could be a game to kind of decide your fate from a playoff standpoint and you're excited. But being able to kind of find that calming influence and being able to relax solely by controlling your breast is something that I found very useful uh, in my day-to-day -day life. And uh, it's helped me, you know, even when we have the heart rate monitors on, I can get my heart rate down quick. And it's because of literally practicing breathing. It's interesting, that's, I'm oh, sorry, that's what, um, that's what the, the biggest method and one of the most important parts of success for the, the free solo climber 
He talked a lot about. You seen this guy? Yeah, they, they, I was. I knew the outcome, one. and I was still, still nervous, sweating. Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, it was terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. You've seen this yet, CJ? I haven't, but I know it's incredible. About, like what they do. But he's that. able to, with his breaths, actually, like you said, reduce his his um, his heart rate. And it, it really helped him. And obviously, he did something that nobody else has ever done as a result. Okay. You got to watch the movie. It's unbelievable. I'm going yeah. to add it to my add it to my arsenal. I know we have to hit on wine. We have a wine segment uh, that we do at the end of each, <laughs> okay. at the end of each podcast. Okay. And uh, I think it's only right oh, now God, that I'm I... I'm not prepared. That's worry. good. Should have prepared CJ's over-prepared. Yeah. Don't worry, man. I, I use my apps, and I'm not going to say the name of the app because... They're not a sponsor. Obvious oh, reasons they're not a sponsor. Maybe I should look into my... Uh... You got time, bro. No, no, this, this all can be edited. But as the saying goes, cue the wine music, please. <laughs> so I've had a lot of great weeks this summer, not gonna lie to you. And one of the things I've been trying to work on is finding affordable prices uh, on the wine side for our listeners, because obviously, you know, we we are able to buy a lot of expensive bottles of wine that some people may not necessarily want or be able to afford okay. from a budget standpoint. So I've been trying to be more cognizant of the price points that I'm referring sure. our listeners to. And I found a great $48 bottle that uh, I actually drank at my brother's house uh, this past week. It was a Brunello, which is you know, Italian. close to where you were at yeah. in Italy. And it was a 2012 bottle of Brunello and we destroyed it. It was actually like an eight liter, it was a huge one. And um, honestly, I don't know how many glasses I had, but it was it was one of those nights and the workout the next day was, <laughs> was terrific. You just sweat it out. Right, but $48 price point. It's among the top 2% of wines in the world. It's more on the acidic side, so mouth's going to water a little bit more than, than normal. A bit dry and bold, but there was definitely hints of chocolate oak and strawberries. And this is directly from like the me, app. Actually. This is directly from the <laughs> like app, that. but it's 48 bucks. And I always try to find, <laughs> oh, something, that <laughs> I always try to find something that's under 50 Obviously, we have a wide range of, of wines We've, that we dibble and dab on. I'd say that that's been the... But you can, you can say something that's 200, 300, whatever the I was going to say, we, we've gone anywhere from 20 to 300 yeah, in terms I mean, of our prices. 300 and... 400. Most, oh, wow. My most yeah. recent purchase in that's the That's not summer. accessible wine. No, but I'm saying we most have, of them have been under 60, we, right? I mean, normally, like we would say, like, I want the Chateau Margot 85. Oh, that's what CJ yeah, says. I, I just true 72. Charlie like, Strong. Yeah. Right, but um, then you listeners that are like, "Come on, see, like you really gonna recommend yeah. the Chateau Margot yeah. eighty five, right? Or the Beaufort? I love Beaufort. He knows about that. Oh, yeah. That's unbelievable stuff. Which is it's still expensive, but it's not as crazy. Right. Um, Kevin, do you have anything in mind? Do I have anything that under fifty dollars? Or I would say no, under. It could be anything. Yeah, no, I mean, it just like. depends on what it is. I mean, like, uh, you know, in Pinots, I use, you've heard of Longolo and, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yes. So that's out in wine country in Oregon. I love those guys. Uh, Channing Fry introduced me to them. So they have a lot of great Pinots. They have a lot of great wine. Actually, he had a, his event um, out there in late June, which was amazing. So shout out to them. They always keep me supplied and send me the good stuff as well. So thank you. Um, I just had a bottle sent to me. Uh, you ever heard of no, there's fine print and also no fine print? No, haven't. Um, you know, Pino. Yeah, uh, no, I think it's, uh, is it, is it, Pino? I think it might even be a cab. Um, from California. Yeah, from, I believe so. And, um, you know, I, I, 
I'm trying to remember who sent that to me, but if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But no fine print. It was very good. I Honestly, when I got it, I, they sent me a number of bottles, so I tasted it right away. It was really good. Um, no, but I don't know. Something. What do we have uh, on the shop? We had Sasakaya, uh, 2014. Sasakaya is amazing. Any, any super Tuscan uh, oh, is so. Unbelievable. I mean, that's me too. Like, I I want something that will almost taste like I'm, you know, in Middle Earth. Yeah. Drinking it out of a oh, chalice. That old like, Earth. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's a different type of it's, taste. It's, I love it. It's a and different type no of taste. Yeah. And I just I love, I love that style. Yeah. No, it was, it. that's that's some of my favorite stuff. Plus, there's uh, you know the Bordeaux and Burgundy region, um, but it's just so. It's funny. As soon as you think you know even mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit, it's like okay, all it. right, I know one yep. percent of yeah. what's really out there. So I, re- I in that entire industry, I respect the hell out of what everybody does. And I mean, there's going to be. You know, because women actually have are, are better tasters than men, and Is it's been right? such a uh, male driven or dominated industry that I right. think you're going to see, uh, you know, a bunch of different Psalms and, and women coming out and be super badass in that industry. So that'll be, you know, kind of fun to see not only the wines that they make, but you know, what they come up with. So it's just, it's going to be more of a universal thing, which will be, will be interesting because they're better tasters than we are. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the, uh, the old world, we were just in Italy and France and we had a, some great old world wines. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I we did a pod one night, and I think I had at least. How many? Yeah, you had, to I cut, had. you had to cut around. I was actually worried <laughs> yeah. that we were shooting the shop. I was worried that. Really? Yeah, because I was, uh, I was, I was having a good I was time. Sure I was feeling drunk. good. We were having a great conversation. 100%. And then after we took that first bathroom break, I was like, oh, God. That walk like, to hit you. Yeah, no, exactly. When you stand up, you stand, stand up. up. Like, it's oh, always, man, I need okay. to relax. I might, or eat. I might say something that's going to incriminate me. No, but it was. No, that yeah, the Sasakaya was was was, was great. Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot domestically. Obviously, Napa is like you know, I love you know a number of those wineries out there. But the, the there's great value in the Malbecs, the Argentinian wine, great yeah. value. And CJ, I sent you a picture of this the other day. The uh, Robert Sinsky Vineyard. Um, it's from. Uh, uh, Might have to get on my phone now. And it's a 2014 Pinot. I think it was like 35 or 40 bucks. We're always trying to find great value. And I would say, um, I think I actually texted you, great value. Yeah, like that was you the, did. Very good value. Very, very good value. Lovely Pinot. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. So I don't know the oak-cherry ratio, <laughs> but I do know it was very good. Honestly? After, what is it? After two, they after all taste two, the same? Like after two and a half, they all taste the same. Yeah. Like if, you, if you're having... As I like to say, you know, you got certain bottles you drink with certain people, right? Right. Some certain people you have the mm-hmm. higher quality per se, and then certain people maybe medium body, medium shelf, and then you got the heavy body, heavy yeah. body, top shelf. Big like, cab. Yeah, like, yo, I'm like yeah. I want to impress them. I want to impress her tonight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Big cab. That's so me. there's levels. There's definitely levels to it. And honestly, you could drink the the good stuff early and the not so great stuff late and the buzz is still going to come. <laughs> so yeah. Just choose yeah. wisely. Yeah. But you want to make sure that at the beginning that you're drinking like, you know, it's what you really stuff. like because your taste buds are yep. activated yeah. before they get worn out from all the wine. Yeah. I'm well aware. As, <laughs> as you probably heard last week, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to that pod yet, but I'm sure yeah. there was some, you no, know, you were lapses. pretty composed. I was composed? honestly. Okay. You were composed. Uh, you might be able to hear it in your voice. I'm sure I could hear it, right? In your tone or yeah, you were very pacing. Composed. 
Absolutely composed, man. But I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Once yeah. again, Kevin Love Fund. And for those of you that are interested, www.eifoundation.org for more information on mental health and all things Kevin Love. Uh, appreciate you. Best of yeah. luck this season. Likewise. Um, Thank you. Hopefully we don't get smacked when we come to Portland again. It happens every which single, is, uh, single time. <laughs> okay. April 7th. Yeah. Cavs um, in at the Moda. No, it's, uh, no I think I'll at be the in Moda Cleveland. Is, I'll be at oh, Cleveland. Oh, this is that? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. And at Cleveland the On day the before 20th, Thanksgiving. Yeah, the 23rd. Right? 23rd. So, that'll be nice. Man, we have a, Oh, that's you guys. Remember yeah. when you scored 34 points in the first quarter against us? I, I do. <laughs> CJ, your guys' <laughs> schedule is murderous were, row. You guys were early. icing the screen. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ice. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you were just like, popping wild. Yeah, okay. We're not going to let Kyrie be. I don't know. CJ, your schedule is early. you're doing. Tough. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, man. We're, we're used to this. We live in the Northwest. We know what time it is. But when it's, when it's time to show up, we'll be ready. Not worried about it. At some point, they got to all come Damn. back to the Modison. Mm-hmm. You're looking at your schedule now? Come. That's true. Yeah, I, I just, Thanksgiving is the only day that where I don't like to have a game after the fact. Because, diet. yeah, I go right. crazy and we have a back to back. Of course. Oh, Away man. in Dallas and then we yeah, bring you guys on the back to back. That's a, it's probably a quick thing. You know, I'm extra hype, yo. We're spending, new, we got New Year's <laughs> Day here in New York. You know what yeah. that means? Oh, wow. Oh, you do? New Year's Day? Yeah. And I'll be here oh, to yeah. celebrate with you. That's yeah, a that's a wash. That's a CJ. Actually, you know what? I'm not gonna be here. I don't want to be a distraction. Historically, I've performed well after my wine tasting on on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's you put, one of those what do they say? Like when you're not feeling when you're sick game or you know, something's nagging on you, you're not thinking about it, so you're you just end up playing well. Yeah. Some of the time. New Year's Day at the garden. That's special. See. That's cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you coming on the Pull Up Pod. Um, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, backslash Pull Up with CJ, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to Pull Up! up.